Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. Father, again we are grateful, deeply appreciative of your tangible presence. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We enter the word and we say, let that presence go with us. Anoint me afresh that I will speak as I should, indeed as an oracle of God the same unction and anointing that's on my heart and my lips, on the ears and the hearts of everybody that will hear me. Those who are physically present here, as well as those who will hear me remotely electronically, so that the word will flow freely from you through me to the people to do an internal and eternal work in every heart, including mine. In particular, Cause our wills to become more humble, minds to be more enlightened with revelation knowledge, emotions to be more tempered and controlled by the power of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I further pray as I speak, the power of the Spirit of God be released in great as well as in sufficient measure to back these words and follow them wherever they are heard and release it all the earth. Yes. Power that will heal, power that will deliver, power that will break yokes and free men so that they will become doers of what they hear and not hearers only. I further pray for mercy to be faithful to deliver the word with precision. Mm. Redeem the time and say only what you want me to say. Bring another treasure of this word, things new and old, as a scribe instructed unto the kingdom. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And all those in agreement, with every blessing I mentioned in that prayer, all agreed in their individual lives saying, Amen. This afternoon, I have a message that is actually a spin-off from what I was teaching on Wednesday in School of Perfection, and I've entitled it, Our Heavenly Bank Account. Now, uh, that may sound like a cliche to some, but it's a reality. It's actually a reality. And uh, it's a truth that I guess many Christians don't know. I know that the prosperity message has been thoroughly distorted and abused. So many people, when they hear prosperity, just turn off, switch off because of so much of the abuse. But that would be a big mistake uh, because you don't and should not throw away the baby with the bathwater. Hence, the Holy Spirit said, I should preach this message and teach on our heavenly bank account. You go with me to Matthew chapter 6, which is where I was teaching from on Wednesday. And if you look at verses 19 through 21, the Lord Jesus is talking about giving. This is the Sermon on the Mount. So, and he, he makes this uh, statement. You know, it's not just a statement, it's actually a command. <laughs> you know, God never makes suggestions. Everything God says is a command. You know, he says, lay not up treasures for yourselves, treasures upon the earth, 
where moth and doth rust, excuse me, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Everybody say treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Again, this is not a suggestion. It is a fact. And many Christians don't understand the mechanics, the spiritual technology and mechanics behind giving. You know, like I said, because the prosperity message has been so terribly distorted and abused, most people turn off, you know, as a give. Ah, don't want to hear that again. You know, but um, we shouldn't do that. Look at Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. The famous 419 scripture. <laughs> but I'm not reading 19 immediately. Uh, and look at verses 10 through 17. Paul is talking about his relationship with the Philippian church. The Philippian church was one of the churches that was given to him financially. And this is a background. <laughs> we need to understand that deliberately, because of abuse, you know, Paul refused to take offerings from the Corinthian church. He didn't take offerings in Achaia, but he did take offerings from the Philippian church. And so he's talking to them about this. And of course, it has universal application to all Christians and all ministers. Say, so, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last, you know, they've been wanting to do it, but at last it came. You know, they hadn't they had been preparing for it, but they now it finally arrived to Paul. Your care of me had flourished again. It means they'd done it before and they did, you know, they were very, very particular about supporting Paul financially. Wherein you, all, you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. You wanted to do it, but you know, but now, not that I speak. See, this is what our people should be preaching today. So that it will not be a question of covetousness and, and, and distortion and abuse. Not that I speak in respect of want. For I have learned and in, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Everybody read that scripture again. It's a compulsory course for every Christian. Let's read it again. Not that I speak in respect of want. For I have learned. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're learning, I'm learning. In whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. This contentment is not preached. Most of what he just preaches, the other part, you know, the prosperity, the money. And so it, it moves from the will of God to covetousness. You got to balance it. For I know both. I will scream both. There are two things. And all of us, by God, are allowed to go through these two things. Both. How to be abased and how to abound. Everywhere, everywhere, and in all things, I am instructed both to be full 
and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. You are not a balanced Christian if you haven't gone through both. You need, you know, I didn't say it's on Wednesday. You, we need to, all of us, you need to have times where you're hungry. When I say you're hungry, it doesn't mean you don't have any food at all. But, you know, where you just don't have enough. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. It causes your heart to put its trust only in God. I was given an example from my own life, my wife and I. You know, I mean, we have quite, you know, maybe two or three or four bank accounts. And we also have in England. You will not believe that there are times when my bank account goes to almost zero. I know people won't believe that, but I'm telling you it's true. You know, both here and in England. Well, I have one in England, I have one in Bank of America. <laughs> at times when it goes to whoop, doesn't stay there for long, but it does go there. Not because I'm poor, but because things happen and I have to do things, I have to obey God. Sometimes God will tell my wife and I to give to some people or do something. And it will clean us out. But it's a test. It's always a test. What, where is your trust? Is it in the money you have in your bank account? Or in the God who put it there? If it is in the God who put it there, then you should not be afraid to empty it occasionally. Or maybe even frequently. <laughs> Hello. Now, of course, like if this is in England, you have direct debits, so you can't make it to zero. You have to make sure there's money there so that when the direct debits come, they can take the money out and uh, your, your account doesn't bounce. But what, what that means is that God wants us to put our trust in him. He wants us, I, I said this on, 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 on Wednesday, and I want to reemphasize, in fact, I'm going, we're going to look at a lot of scriptures uh, in, in a few minutes, you know, I deliberately, God said, you know, on Wednesday, and I took quite a bit of time Wednesday, but it was, I want you to do it again today, and then, you know, really look at Scripture. The Bible says, the entrance of his word giveth light. The Bible says, thy word have I hid in my heart, so I will not sin against you. See, the sin of the prosperity message has been to preach the abundance and not preach the need, and not preach the contentment. That's the problem. If I just come and preach only at dominance to you, I'm not telling you the whole truth. Yes, God loves you. God will give you a plan. But there will be times where God will allow you to suffer need. You know why? He wants to keep your heart humble. He wants to keep your trust in God and not in things. And what has happened to this generation, sadly, is that most, most of us are trust has come only in things. And that's what leads. That is the short road to covetousness. Begin to trust in the money. Begin to trust in the resources. And it, it makes you proud. It makes you arrogant, which is a different word for pride. You know, it, it, it makes you treat people terribly. Scripture is flashing to me. It says, And when King Uzziah became strong, it was God who made him strong. Became rich. Same thing with, same thing with Jehoshaphat. The same thing with Hezekiah. 
says his heart was lifted up. It, you can't help it. It's a part, it's an intrinsic quality of the satanic nature that is still inside the mind. And it's there. Until you get into perfection and then maintain that perfection. And even then, it's still there from the air. It can still try and creep in. I'm telling you. He says, and when he became, he became strong, he says his heart was lifted up. Hezekiah, who God healed marvelously. I love the worship this morning, praise and worship this morning. You know, some of those songs, you know. So we'll know that you and all the other songs. You know, I don't want to sing them now, no. You know, but you know, are you truly grateful? Let me rephrase that question. What is the degree of the depth of your gratitude? That's a deeper question. You are grateful. You know what the Bible says about Hezekiah? He said that he did not show sufficient. He was grateful. Go and read it in Isaiah 38, and I think it's somewhere in the Kings or Chronicles, when God healed him and gave him 50 more. He sang. He gave praise and worship. So he was grateful, but it wasn't enough. He, 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 the depth of the gratitude was not deep. So when those people came from Babylon, he showed them all his strength. What was he doing? He was show, simple word today, show off. Because the heart, there was not sufficient gratitude. And that's what happens when all you've known in your life is abundance and you've never suffered need. You know what you're going to think? You would think the world revolves around you. You will think there is none like you in all the earth. Like I joke with my pastors. It's true. When you see people who have need, you will despise them. Say, Kunifethni. I'll say that in I say that in our language. I'll you know repeat that. When you see people who have less than you, in your heart, sometimes you'll be thinking, they don't have faith. That's why they're in that kind of problem. No, people like me, like the Pharisee, you know, you know we, we don't suffer all those kind of things. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It's not God, but it's God. God have mercy on us. All that pride, God will strip it away. Now, God wants us to be very rich. I'm going to get to that. But you see, he wants the heart. God remembers what happened with Solomon. Solomon had lack of nothing. Go and read Ecclesiastes. He said there's nothing his eyes saw. That's overindulgence. He did not understand what Paul wrote here. I I, I, can, I can abound and I can abase. I have instructed both to abound and to suffer need. In whatever condition I find myself, you know, I am content. Solomon never learned it. You must understand that Solomon was born the son of King David. Unlike David, his father, as well as Absalom, 
as well as Adonijah. It's all the problem of David's children and some of the problem of our own children. I must confess, you know, in our own modern day today, same thing, you know. They, they, those boys never had a wilderness experience. David had a wilderness experience. There were times David could not, didn't have food to eat. And had to go and beg people, silly people like Nabal. For food. He was, he, he was instructed to abound and to be abased. We do our children a disservice. And I love my children. My children know this. You know, and I do look after them. But right on the other hand, I tell these things I'm telling you, I tell my children. And I said, you must learn. It's not every time you have everything you need. Oh, dad, I need to say, not this time. Can't have it. You can't have it. End of story. You won't die. Yes. We, 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 we don't, ins- especially when we are financially blessed and our children are, you know, we all, oh, my children must not suffer what I want. Let them suffer! So that their hearts will be humble. Let them know that life is not a bed of roses. Let them know that there will be time. Yes, God is with you. Paul wrote it. He didn't, say, he didn't say God was not with him. He said, I have learned to be content. And then he goes on in the book of Timothy and says that godliness with contentment is great gain when there is no money. Amen. So let them. Occasionally, I mean, it's not that they will be suffering once. No, God doesn't want that for his children. You know, but he, he wants us to be in a place where we can empathize with the poor. Because you have been poor. I don't, all this I didn't say on Wednesday, but I'm going to say it now. You know, I'm talking about Olubi Johnson now, my own personal experience. You know, God took me from London, brought me here. <laughs> I didn't know the person I was dealing with. He stripped me of everything. Looking back now, I know it was God. I didn't die. And I was not pauperized. But I learned not to have something that you know i didn't experience before came back you know when i was with brother emiko when brother emiko moved into that when me and brother emiko he had just moved into a new house when i came to work for him in 1980 the day i drove in kenneth copeland sent us a truckload of all his books and tapes we had no furniture in the house True. it was empty Brother Miko had one bed. We used to sleep on the same bed. We didn't have two beds. <laughs> Our chairs were the water can. Was the um, what's it called? Jerry can. I remember when people like Brother Fred, I think, okay, you know, David Oedeko and others, when they come and visit us, oh, just say, please manage. <laughs> I'm telling you, the house was empty. Empty! And was like that for some months. Then God, you know, some people bless us with some offering. Then I remember, took my Volkswagen, me and Brother Miko, went to Leventis. Used to be, they've closed it now. It's now, whatever. You know, Leventis, we bought this set of um, table and chair. You know, this plastic, you know, they, they weave it with a plastic thread. You know, about four of them. 
You know, that was what oh, put his eyes in the sitting room. All we were doing every day was get up in the morning, pray, take Word of Faith magazine, you know, do it, you know, take it out, go and post it, take it to people, then go and preach. The house was empty. It wasn't like that for a day. It was like that for weeks, months. At the time, I didn't fully understand it. Though I knew God was with me and I wasn't complaining. But looking back now, I know this was what he was taking me through. You need to learn. I remember my dad coming all the way from Lagos. People have said that your son is... My dad and my mom, they, they, they were very worried. They actually thought I had gone off. So one day, my dad just drove in. From... I didn't know who told him. It's a true story. He just drove in with his Mercedes from Lagos. I just saw this blue Benz coming into the house. Oh, oh. <laughs> and my dad walks out and comes inside the house. He looks around. He said he was just, somebody told him, he said he's just checking on me. I said, thank you, sir. I said, and this is what God... <laughs> This is what God called you to do. Okay. Got back, entered his car, went to live. I know he was praying for me in his heart. Yeah. You, you know how our Yoruba parents pray. You know, I knew it was out of a genuine love and concern. You know, I mean, I assured them later that I'll be fine and all that. But you see, one of the problems with our, this generation is that they've never been through such things. I slept on the floor with a mat for nine months. I couldn't afford a bed. And I couldn't go to my parents because I was fighting, in quotes, with them. Because, you know, say God told me, man, let God look after you now. It's a true story. True story. I bring it here today because this generation has not learned this thing. Just like David's children, Solomon, Absalom, Adonijah, and the others, there were many others. They all grew up in the palace. The food was there all the time. Servants. No wonder why. Some of them, their heart was not like the heart of their father, David. David grew up in the wilderness. He grew up fighting lions and bears. He grew up running from, 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 from Adulam to Engedi to the wilderness of Ziph. <laughs> you know, from Saul. Not knowing where the meal of the next day was coming from. And I want you to know something. You don't know this, but I'm telling you, this is not on Wednesday. This is just for today. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want you to know something. Do you know that it was in the cave at Adula? And it was in the wilderness of Ziph that most of the Psalms came. They didn't come in the palace. A few came in the palace. But majority came in the wilderness. There's something we must learn. So what I've learned and what I'm doing and what I do is that, you know, I, I look after my children. Let me understand 
you know, I certainly do. But, you know, I say no to them. I say, no, 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 no. I say, you, this one, you have to use your own something. You know, learn. I don't want you to be destitute, but you must learn. It's not every time you will get everything you want. And if you don't learn that lesson in life, if you get too much prosperity, your heart will turn. I didn't hear one amen. <laughs> not one. The place was like you could drop a pin. You know, because we've been told, that's what we've been taught. We've been taught the exact opposite. Me, I know, go so far. And the scripture says that you, you become fellowship of his sufferings. And you are singing me, I know, go so far. You go so far. Small. <laughs> You're not going to suffer all your life. But you will suffer. Look at Joseph. There's something about going through some difficulty that does a work in the heart. No amount of preaching can do it. It helped me. I didn't know I was arrogant. I was. I was. I, I, I grew up with relative wealth. You know, not too much, but you know, very comfortable good family background on both sides, my mom's side and my dad's side. I didn't have any problem. Then I got born again. Then God called me. Then the sparks started flying. But it made a better man out of me. If I had stayed like that, I would have been arrogant. The revelation I have today, I won't get it. God, you begin, you know, it's just natural. You look down on people. You know, if they don't have the kind of car you have, you think that, you know, they are inferior to you. If they don't wear the kind of clothes you wear, you think that they are inferior to you. You will say, ah, you know, we are, we are, we are the Johnsons. You know, we are the superior. Yes! It gets to your head. Strip it! One thing I cherish, memory of my dad, Brigadier Johnson, Uncle Femi, uh, Femi Johnson, in the bottom here, Brigadier Johnson and Larry's mom, was some of the ways they brought us up. I'll tell you a story. It's all part of the message. It's a true story. I was in UI. I was in maybe part one, part two, I can't. As a, my, I used to, you know, Uncle Femi was my guardian in Ibadan. So I would go to Uncle Femi's house, you know, during midterm, whatever, you know. And we had a cook. His name was Papa Cook. Larry will remember him. So one day I was in the house and I wanted something, you know. So I just went to Papa Cook and said, You should do it for me. My uncle was there and he saw the way I spoke. He didn't say anything in front of Papa Cook. So, a few minutes later, I think I went upstairs or something. The uncle Femi said, Ulubi, come here. Hmm. He said, that man is an elderly man. You don't talk to him like that. He said, what you have is just by accident of birth. Don't you ever despise the staff. Now go and apologize and talk to him properly. True story. 
Uncle Larry and Sheyi and Digi. Their father was governor, you know, then, you know, after the coup happened and all that. They used to go to, they went to St. Finbar's. They used to go to school by bus. There were about 10 cars in the house. Ngobolaji would say, what's wrong with you? The children who are going, they didn't die. You too, go and learn how to take bus. You can't do that today because of kidnappers. Nigeria is different today. But in those days, there wasn't all of that. You know, it made us better. So what I'm trying to say is that there is a way you can train your children. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.